We're sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls. Just a great podcast app for everyone. Get it for free in the App Store. Bang! Ah! That's me shooting a gun. Ow, ow. To let you know... It's Wisteria Gaze time, baby. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. Bang, bang. We have a special on amazing podcast episodes. <laughs> and it is all you have to do is listen to the rest of this episode. That's a great deal. And I'm I'm buying it. Oh, thank you. Uh, I think I'll put my gun away then. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad we were able to resolve that. I know. Uh, they should have just done this in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I have some notes, actually, on conflict mm-hmm. resolution that I'd like to give uh, Carolyn Bixby, actually. <laughs> Welcome to Wisteria Gaze. You. Welcome. Just you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, of course. Uh, this is a show where we watch, we discuss every episode of Desperate Housewives, and we're gay. We're freaking gay. My name is Ned. My name is Mackenzie. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, too. Today, we're talking about, I-, I would hazard to say, one of the most iconic Desperate Housewives episodes of all time. Yeah, I mean, it's been hyped up a lot. It's hyped, and I, I think, I think rightfully so. I think the hype is real, but I'm also biased because I like this show. <laughs> I mean, same here. But also, it was a very good episode of television. It was so good, and this just ob- objectively, <laughs> yeah. And this is going to kind of start the trend of disaster episodes that we will mm. see in the history of Desperate Housewives, which is very exciting to me. Ooh. Yeah, I can't wait to see what where they go after this. <laughs> yeah, I think there's gonna be a lot of fun stuff. But for now, we gotta focus on the moment, on the now. Mm, yes. On this episode of Desperate Housewives. Are you ready for some facts? I'm so ready for some facts. This episode premiered November 5th, 2006, and was written by Joe Keenan and directed by Larry Shaw. Joe, I think, is new to us. Uh, I can't remember if we've had an episode by him yet, but he will go on to write a ton for this show, in addition to being an executive producer, and he's also worked on Glee. Oh. (laughs) Hot in Cleveland, and he currently works on Why Women Kill, the newest Mark Cherry show. And there's something that I um, had to point out because I thought it was funny, because when I look up these writers, I usually go to their Wikipedia And on Joe Keenan's personal life section, it says, and I quote, he lives in Los Angeles and does not drive a car. (laughs) Well, I mean, because every single person who lives in Los Angeles is supposed to drive a car so that they can complain about the traffic in Mm -hmm. Los Angeles. Yeah. So I just thought that was very funny that his Wikipedia personal life just notes for all of us in the world that he cannot drive a car. (laughs) He's also gay. Which is fun. And he's been with his husband for 40 years next year. So next year is their 40th wedding anniversary. Hell yeah. So I love that. Um, For hashtag Sondheim watch, Bang is from Into the Woods, I think. I think I just did that from memory (laughs) and I'm worried that I was wrong with the reference, but I'm pretty sure it's from Into the Woods. Let's go with it. Even if it is wrong, it's right today. I'm going to go. I Google Bang Stephen Sondheim. Make sure I'm not a fool. Oh my god, it's not. It's from a little night music. I'm a fool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I'm thinking of Boom Crunch from okay. Into the Woods. 
Um, I'm a fool. So Bang is from <laughs> A Little Night Music. And for Wisteria International, there's some funny ones. Most of them were Bang, I think, because it's just, it's one word. But in France, it was called Death at the Grocery Store. Oh. Which, kind of a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like the, Fran- the French title is kind of a spoiler. Uh, but the one I loved the most was in Spain. It's just called Adios. Hell yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Uh, so I loved that. And I got a little bit of an awards watch. Okay. To close out the opening facts. So Lori Metcalf, I mentioned in the beginning of the season, was nominated for Best Guest Actress in a Television Series. Um, and I just think that this was also listed under her nominations for her episodes. So, like, obviously her performance in this is a big reason why she probably got that nomination. Mm-hmm. Um and Felicity Huffman was nominated for this episode. That makes a lot well. of sense. Yes. And a lot of publications uh, around that time wrote that it, this was one of the best episodes of television of the entire year and that Huffman deserved to get awarded. Um, but the Emmys kind of screw people over a lot because it divides the shows into comedy and drama and Desperate Housewives is a comedy, even though some of the best acting moments come from the, the dramatic pieces yeah. of the show. So she was nominated for Best Actress in a Comedy, which doesn't make any sense for this episode. Um, so, I mean, I, I will say America Ferrera won for Ugly Betty, which I love and I fully agree with because that show slaps. But um, I wish that Felicity Huffman could have gotten nominated in the drama category because it, yeah. it made more sense. Yeah, that does make sense. I hate that they just have to lump it in one category and just keep it there. They can't just spread it out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't like when the Emmys do that. That's like one of my gripes with them. It's like there's so many hilarious shows yeah that have these beautiful dramatic moments and they don't get acknowledged for them Mm -hmm. like desperate housewives but that's all i got for you at the top of ep Ooh, do you want to jump right in i want to jump right and i want to bang oh right into this episode oh i'm gonna bang this episode i want to bang this episode so hard (laughs) carolyn bigsby you know, she planned a lot of things for her day originally. She was going to make her husband a strudel, give her dog a bath, water some violets. You know, she she wanted to send a letter. But <laughs> earlier that day, before she could start doing all that stuff, somebody told her something she didn't want to hear. Unfortunately, we don't get to know what that is yet, but we do see her go into the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And her husband is there and she like goes up to talk to him and she's like, you love, you love her. If you love Monique so much, you should be with her and pulls out a fucking gun. (laughs) I know. I love when he's like, but she's dead. And she's like, yeah, that's the point, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I want you dead. That's, that's the play on words. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, um, I was a fucking comedy major in school. And if you could just take a second to actually think about my joke instead of just not getting it right away, that would yeah. be great. Thank you. My, maybe my comedy is a bit too cerebral for you, but that's why I'm going <laughs> to shoot you. Um, but she doesn't shoot him. She misses. Oh, also, <laughs> I don't think that I, we need to do this, but I thought that maybe content warning for gun violence for oh, this whole episode. Yeah. Um, I think that if you've watched the episode of Desperate Housewives, you probably know that it's the literal entire episode, but I should just say we're going to probably talk about that a lot because that's this entire thing yes yes 
just in case you're you are watching for the first time and you like listening before you watch yes 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 um. yes, yes i just thought about that and uh because we're already cracking jokes we're getting we're getting feisty yeah. in here <laughs> um yeah so carolyn's plans kind of changed for the day just a little bit uh and then we get those opening credits mm-hmm and then we see the night before this Friday in which Carolyn uh, decided to hold up a grocery store, Lynette's laying in bed, having a dream she's had many times before. And it's basically a reenactment of the last time she saw Mary Alice. Mary Alice is reading the letter that we all know what it says. And Lynette is seeing her and Lynette sees that something is wrong. She asks if Mary Alice is okay. And... Mary Alice says, yeah, it's fine. And Lynette thinks about pressing more, but her bag from the grocery store is leaking. And so she ignores it. And Lynette, I think, I got the impression she just feels a lot of guilt Mm -hmm. over this. I mean, she clearly loved her friend. This is an interesting time to bring this up, I think, in the series. Like, why this hasn't come up before, I'm kind of confused. But there's this guilt that, like, this unremarkable exchange and was the last time they ever spoke and that she she killed herself after yeah because it, it's just that whole thing of like the last time i interacted with one of my best friends we just like nothing really happened you know i think it's just that like we didn't have this like grand exchange we didn't like tell each other how much we cared about each other we just kind of said hi how are you <laughs> And parted. Yeah, you know? and I think it comes up more later, too, but there's that feeling of, like, could I have done something? Yeah. Like, I, cl- I saw something was wrong, and I chose to ignore it, because that's what we do in the suburbs, you know? That's what people do every day. You, mm-hmm. you ask your friend if they're okay, and they're like, yeah, I'm fine. And you don't push sometimes, because you don't want to be rude, but, like, what if that person needed you? And I think that maybe Lynette has a lot of guilt that she didn't try with mary Mm -hmm. alice and it's like i said it's super interesting i loved these scenes but i'm confused why it's coming up now and not earlier in the series closer to mary alice's death i guess Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah i think like i'm having some random thoughts right now about it but it doesn't make sense until later so we can talk about later then yeah let's talk about it later hell yeah for now we have to wake up wake up (gasps) no i'm up i'm up thank god bang (laughs) um lynette is talking to susan and gabby about the dream Mm -hmm. um and we do find out here that she does blame herself for mary alice's death Mm -hmm. um and like we just talked a lot about it so i guess we don't need to go super in depth right now but um we also see that a new neighbor is moving in Mm mm-hmm yeah, and we just, like, find out he's some normal-looking dude who lives with his sister. And that's kind of all we get from him in this scene. Gabby mm-hmm. says he's cute, and I disagree. Yeah, I also disagree. <laughs> I was like, Gabby, come on. Because we know she loves, like, cut, hot dudes. And I'm not saying this man's, like, ugly. I'm not going to, like, insult someone. But he's not, like, he's not her normal type. He's yeah. not, like, sexy, smarmy. He's just, like, a dude. He's just, like, yeah. a normal-looking man. <laughs> I just was like, what? Why did Gabby say that? Um, but we move over to the Hodge household and this this exchange was so funny to me mm-hmm. Orson if you have a moment there's something I'd like your thoughts on certainly what is it venue for our holiday open house no 
It's a police report from the night you beat your first wife. I'm still working on the menu. Basically, she confronts him, obviously, about this police report where he abused Alma that Carolyn gave her last episode, I think, right? And he kind of has a confused look, and he says he didn't beat his wife, and he kind of tells her this story of what happened. And he says that she started beating him with a pan while they were fighting, and Mm -hmm. he pushed her away. And in my brain, I'm like, okay, onesies. If we look back at those photos, it was a bunch of facial bruises in various spots. That's not a, I got, I pushed her away injury. And if he was also being beaten in this, uh, you know, event, he would also have been a part of the police report, right? Especially if she was beating him with a pan. Yeah, like his injuries would also have had to have been like photographed for the report if it was a like domestic dispute between both of them. Yes, that is true. So I didn't buy this at all. But I don't know why Brie bought it. Yeah, why did Brie Brie buy it so immediately? She didn't even ask a single follow-up question. No, she's just like... about Brie? She like doesn't look too happy about it, but she goes with it. All right. I accept your explanation. I just wish there were fewer things for you to explain. The thing is, I love Brie. We all know. We all know. I love Brie. I love Marsha Cross. But it's like Brie is so smart in my brain. But then she also doesn't f- ask follow up questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she doesn't. She just takes things at face value that especially that these like men in her life give her. And I just don't. Un- she doesn't seem like that kind of character to me. Yeah. And then she does. And I'm like, girl, come on. She's very just- intellectual, but she hates being wrong. So she never asks more questions. <laughs> High intelligence, low wisdom. Yes. (laughs) That's my high intelligence, low wisdom queen. Um, Desperate Housewives is D&D characters. Anyway, (sighs) let's move on. We Uh, gotta play a Desperate Housewives D&D one-shot. Please. Uh, But for now, before that can happen, we have to go all the way to Lynette, Tom, and Nora. Oh, wait. Wait. There was some tea. There was some tea at the end of the scene I forgot to mention. Because Orson finds out that Carolyn is who gave this to Brie. And I think in a little calculated ploy he makes in that moment, he kind of in a huff reveals that Harvey cheated on Carolyn. Yes. Only because that's important later. Um, and and then he like he's like, yeah, some woman named Monique or something. Like it is so calculated him pretending not to know who Monique is and using this as a little bone to throw to Brie to get her off of his case Mm -hmm. by, like, shifting her attention to Harvey. Like, it was very calculated on Orson's part. And I was like, king. We got a mastermind in the house. We got a little mastermind (laughs) twirling his little mustache. (laughs) Uh, So sorry to interrupt you. I just realized I forgot to say that. Oh, no, you're good. That is important information that we should get out there. (laughs) Um, And now we're going to go to Lynette, Tom, and Nora, uh, Nora is here with Kayla. She says that she is taking her to move to Mexico. Once again, just using her child as a bargaining chip because, like, she's angry that Lynette kicked her door down and scarily threatened her. <laughs> um, Where is she getting the money to move to Mexico? Yeah, because she used the money that they gave her to, like, move to the neighborhood so yeah i have no idea because also like i guess in my brain and i know this isn't cor- this may not be correct but like in my brain fairview 
is in the the Midwest. It's like kind of like in my brain, it's a suburb of Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> but like like that's so far away. Like, how is she doing this just on a whim? I don't I don't understand. I feel like she she might not actually be doing it. I feel like she's just threatening at this point she's to do the it. Ante. Yeah. Because like and. It, it, I was so sad because, like, you look at Kayla in the back seat, and Kayla looks sad, like she doesn't want to go. Like, yeah. I feel like she likes being here, and she likes being around her dad and like her brothers. You know, I also think that. Yeah, it's it's clearly not something her child wants. It's just something she's doing. Yeah. And is that all we get from that scene? Yes, because I think we moved yeah. the lawyer's office. Yeah, now. we go to court. Because, like, they're they're presenting there in front of the judge. And they're about to finalize their divorce. Mm-hmm. When Carlos pulls some bullshit-ass shit on Gabby. Your Honor, does the definition of suffering encompass the seduction of my client four days ago? Excuse me? She thought he was coming into some money and hoped to stall the divorce until she could claim her share. How dare you? That is a vicious lie. Oh, Carlos, get to me. Carlos, yes, yes, Carlos. You recorded our lovemaking? It's all right here, Your Honor. When she climaxes, she actually starts screaming out dollar amounts. Is it legal for him to to record her while they're having sex and use that in a court of law? I don't think so. How is it fucking legal? Because, like, there was no consent. Yeah. I also, like, and, like, I guess if we're even, if we're thinking about it as, like, Chicago, I mean, even most states, like, it's not legal to just record someone without their knowledge. Yeah. And probably especially during a sex act. hmm And no. then that to be legally binding to the point where he wins alimony like what the fuck yeah that was fucked up i didn't really get this part and i didn't like it no it it made no sense it was just a setup to have them have a bit because you needed like i don't know i was gonna say a comic relief but then it gets kind of ditched halfway through i don't know why they made them do this i think it was just for like a bit yeah, I mean, I'm wondering if, I mean, I think they were trying to shift power back to Carlos, because I feel like writing-wise, the whole thing of this couple is shifting power back and forth between the two of them. But I wonder if they're trying, because he said that she's gets the house, but nothing in it, right? That's the whole thing, is she yeah. doesn't have any possessions. Not to mention Elward on Maine, but I wonder if they're trying to do like a Helena Peabody-esque storyline where then Gabby is broke and mm-hmm. has to kind of go back to that part of her life and like fend for herself a bit so maybe that's the beginning of her like being single now is also being broke and like having to get a job or something maybe they're just trying to shake gabby up a little bit more i, would, and I hope that's the point i ho- that's the point i'll be okay with this yeah i also hope that's the point now that you're talking about it because i think it would be interesting to like see gabby struggle a little bit mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah know? but yeah the this scene Exactly that. Like, she gets nothing but the house. Yeah. And then we go to Susan. She is cleaning the house. She's, like, scrubbing below the sink for some reason. Yeah, and, you know, she's getting ready to go to, like, Paris still, and I guess she's doing that by cleaning the house. Um, While Julie packs her bags? Yeah, while Julie packs her bags. (laughs) And she finds uh, the beer can from Austin, 
and starts like interrogating Julie about it. And when Julie says like, no, I didn't drink any. That was Austin. He asked me if I wanted any. I said no. And I told him to like stop drinking in the house. Susan does not believe her. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? You know, because Julie's such a such a such a bad kid. You know, she's yeah. always getting into trouble like that. Look. I loved my queen, Julie, in this scene. That's it. Go to your room and finish packing. This conversation's over. (laughs) The last time I checked, I was the parent. Yeah, well, the last time I checked, I was the daughter who never gave you any reason to doubt her. Okay, I I know. And don't play the parent card with me. I just finished packing your suitcase, doing your laundry, and balancing your checkbook. (sighs) And now I'm going to the store to buy your toothpaste. Well, a simple no, I didn't drink any beer would have sufficed. I fully, like, what she said makes sense. Like, Julie has to constantly remind her mother, like, have I ever given you any reason to doubt me? Have I ever been anything other than a good kid to you? Like, can you, like, I just feel like that sometimes, that just pisses me off when parents do that, when it's like, your kid is doing their best to be a good kid, quote unquote, and like, you still don't trust them? Like, what do they have to do to earn your trust? Mm -hmm. Other than get their good grades and, like, come home on time and do their homework and, like, be well-behaved. Like, Julie does all these things. I don't understand where this mistrust is coming from from Susan. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, like, not founded in anything. And I loved Julie standing up for herself and being like, look, I'm packing your bag. I'm going to buy your freaking toothpaste. I'm your mom, basically. Mm -hmm. I balance your checkbooks. (laughs) (laughs) Like... I'm glad, I know we used to joke about it in the first season. Also, wow, thinking about how little Julie was in season one and how big she is now, mm-hmm. my brain's going to melt out of my ears. Um, But, like, we talked about it a bit. Like, Julie, the, the relationship they have is that Julie's kind of the mom of their relationship. And I love that now that Julie's getting older, um, she's acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. She's acknowledging that, like, this isn't something I enjoy. <laughs> this isn't something I love. Uh, I, I like this for Julie as, like, a plot point. Yeah, and I also like this as a setup for the episode as a whole to have, like, conflict and then, uh, like, a scary happenstance only to be seemingly mm-hmm. maybe brought together in the end. Just and yeah. no- Nothing ever mattered. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminds me of, oh, God, I know we're not there yet, but, like, when... When when Susan is worried about Julie in the store, mm-hmm. and she's like, the last thing I said to her was that I was disappointed of her. It's kind of like it's, Lynette's yeah. thing of, like, the last thing I said was, like, have a good day. And I didn't say anything that mattered. And I think, like, I think uh, this episode is a lot of, this is the last thing I said to somebody. I want to talk, I want to talk about other moments that I'm thinking about, but, like, they're not. <laughs> you can if you want to. Well, I, I mean, like. We can skip over this when it happens because I'm already saying this now. But when Brie talks to Carolyn and then Carolyn goes with, to a store with a gun where her friends are at, she's probably thinking that like the last I am the last person Carolyn interacted with. This was the last interaction we had. And now she is doing this, you know, yeah. so I, I think there's a lot of moments in in these episodes. And like, again, this is another spoiler for later, but like. Lynette and Nora, like, this is the last interaction I'm having with you. And then we are put mm-hmm. into this situation together. Yeah. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's some good sauce. Yeah. It's that good, that good and character sauce. We've talked about it before, but I really enjoy when, like, the monologues and, like, get um, a lot of use out of the episode. Like, the episode connects to the monologues in, like, a really interesting way. And I think with that second monologue, this whole episode is doing that. And I think 
um, the way the first monologue and the f- uh, the first part of the episode before the opening credits, I really like how they intertwine the- that just with everything. And I'll talk about that more in just a few minutes. Uh, <laughs> but for now, uh, we... Yeah, we end that scene. Yeah. And we go to Brie. Uh, we see that Carolyn is following her in her car, just being like, Brie, did you did you confront Orson yet? Did you do it? Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. <laughs> Hong Kong. Um, get in, loser. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like, get in, loser. We're shooting up a grocery store. Okay. <laughs> Which is a very bad joke. Um, um, but I'm saying it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, Carolyn is just kind of hassling Brie, and then Brie just turns around and goes, your husband's cheating on you. <laughs> yes, and this is when we, it's it starts, right? I can't, I, like, can I just say, hmm. Brie, did Brie not learn her lesson? Remember, yay, but like, a couple, was it a couple, was it this season when she told that other mm-hmm. woman about the affair, and then like, so much shit got fucked up. Yeah, this up. was like two episodes ago. Did she not learn? No. <laughs> Did she not learn her she's lesson? She's a messy bitch who loves drama. Oh, she's a messy bitch. Who loves- <laughs> I know she's just defending her husband. I understand that. But like jeepers was this not her place to say this. Uh, oof. Yeah, this was a lot. This was, I was like, this like, I knew it was going to happen, but I was like, Brie, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, queen. But I, going back, I love this because you get the shot, you get the opposite end of the shot from the beginning of the silhouette of somebody telling Carolyn, you get that opposite. Uh, which I just liked. I just like no, when it's it intertwines. So going back to Tom and Lynette, they are talking about Mexico and he is trying to find plane tickets to visit already and make plans for like how often he's going to be going down there. And Lynette suggests... Instead of doing this, what if we sued for custody? Mm-hmm. Which they should have, like, why wasn't this brought up before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised this wasn't brought up earlier than that. I mean, Tom points out, like, you didn't want any more kids. And, and I like Lynette's line here when she's like, I, you know, I didn't want the other ones either, but they're growing on me. Like, you know, it, it, I think Lynette acknowledges that it is a lot of responsibility. I don't think it is Lynette's, like, dream to have another, you know, kid, especially of her age, just right there with the boys, mm-hmm. too. Like, it's a lot of kids all the same age, you know, and I don't think this is Lynette's dream, but I do think that she has some care for Kayla, and clearly Tom loves this little yeah. girl, and, like, I think that if, I, I, I do think that this is probably their best option. Like, I, I wasn't shocked by Lynette saying this at all. Because it does seem like even though it's not exactly what she wants, she knows it would be best for Tom and their family to be able to keep Kayla around. Mm. Yeah. Because, yeah, he wants to be a part of her life. And she's a good kid. And she deserves someone that will take care of her and not use her as a bargaining chip and rip her to different houses and different schools and uproot her life. You know, like she deserves stability. All kids do. Mm -hmm. So uh, I really like this from Lynette. I thought this was a great move. Uh for Lynette re wanting to do something genuine for Tom, yeah. which sometimes she doesn't always show. You know? Yeah. I liked it. So did I. It was a very nice scene. Mm-hmm. And another very nice scene follows with Carlos and Gabby. This scene is essentially just a big bit. 
Gabby starts breaking glasses and stuff in the house because she's like, well, I'm just helping you pack because all of this is your stuff, right? So uh, the more I break, the less you have. Uh, And to that- I loved it. What? I loved Gabby breaking his thing. So did I. (laughs) But Carlos's response, I want to know how he like went outside to the shed so fast, like 0.3 seconds, ran on all fours, picked up a sledgehammer (laughs) with his mouth, and just started bashing at the walls. Uh, Just- it was so quick. Yeah. You know how sometimes in cartoons when they just pull it out of their pockets, mm-hmm. it's just like, boop, 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 and it's just like a giant sledgehammer out of his, out of his little back pocket. Yeah. That might have been what I happened. I think that's exactly yeah. what happened. It was an acne <laughs> He kept sledgehammer. it in his pant leg. Yeah. <laughs> so he just had to pull his pants up and there's what it was. Um, but yeah, he starts busting the walls. And, you know, Gabby does have a little bit of a point here. She starts going off saying, I had a whole career and a whole life and I gave it up to be your wife. And now you're doing this to me. Gabby is valid. She's a valid queen. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you what I was worried about? I was worried they were going to break a bunch of shit and then be like, fuck, I'm so horny because we've been yelling and breaking shit. And then they were going to like fuck in the rubble of the house or something. (laughs) I was very scared. That was very Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yes. Very spuffy season six. You know, when that house is like falling apart. Mm. Spoiler alerts for Buffy. (laughs) Um, There's like a very graphic sex scene on Buffy in season six. Um, Yeah, I was worried they were going to... they're gonna bone. But spoiler alert, they do not. Thank God. And then we go to the store, Julian Austin. Um, once again, I loved just like being at the store just to see like when things would pop up because we're getting mm-hmm. there, we're getting around the time. Uh Julie and Austin are at the store. Austin's like, do you want me to hold your basket for you? Uh, and in doing that, he slips a bottle of alcohol in her backpack. I'm going to kick his ass. Yeah. I'm going to kick He's a bad fuck boy. boy's ass. <laughs> He's a bad boy. He's a bad fuck boy. Or he's a good fuck boy, but a bad boy. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I was I was just immediately like, I'm going to fucking punch you in the face. How dare you do that to my little queen, Julie? How dare you, Austin? You with your little blonde hair and your good jawline. <laughs> and so we see, as you said, it's getting closer and closer to the time in which Carolyn will enter the store with the firearm. But for now, Carolyn apparently called Harvey on the phone beforehand to confront him. Mm-hmm. She wants answers. I know about Monique. Um, excuse me a sec. Look, I don't know who you've been talking to, but, um... Did you love her? She was just a friend. And she disappeared eight months ago. The police just found her body. Eight months ago. That's right, when you fell into that big depression. And I kept thinking, why is Harvey so blue? How do I cheer him up? That was about her, wasn't it? It's over. She's dead. But if she weren't, who would you be with, me or her? She's dead. Oh, that silence is deafening, and that silence is the reason why she did this. Yeah. Like, that was the moment I could see it switch to, I'm going to fucking kill this guy. It's the silence, and then when he does respond, he just says, she's dead. (laughs) 
<sighs> Dude, just lie. Yeah. Just lie. Just say, of course not, honey. Just fucking a, a lie. <laughs> like, like, was it? Would it have been that hard? You were already caught. Would it have been that hard to just lie a little bit longer? Mm-hmm. You would have saved a lot of a lot of grief today if you had just lied a little bit more. Oh, but he geez. doesn't. That was an intense scene. Laurie Metcalf's acting throughout this whole episode. Her acting is great. I mean, she's. I mean, Academy Award winning actress, Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. I cried like a bitch when I saw that movie <laughs> for the first time. Um, she's so good. Um, and then we go back to the supermarket. Julie is checking out with Austin. Um, and then I blacked out. I have no other <laughs> notes other than Naruto. That's Naruto. Believe it. Because Naruto's <laughs> voice actress, Maylee Flanagan, is the store clerk. I love that. I screamed. I love seeing- I love that you can recognize her. Oh, yeah, her. she's great. I love pointing Maylee Flanagan out in her uh, non-voice acting roles just because it's fun, and I'm glad she's getting other work. Because she, she was Naruto. She was the American uh, dub of Naruto for all of it. Believe it. Believe it. Believe it. So believe it. Then believe it. I love- And she's a lesbian in real life. So- <gasps> Lesbian of the episode? Yes. I want yes. Naruto to just be the lesbian of the episode. Do you just want to say it? Let's just, let's just, let's just, let's just, let's just. Is that okay? It. Yeah, I'm down. Oh, also, someone pointed out to me that we didn't do one for last episode. Oh. <laughs> um, But I, but they, they suggested Lynette kicking down a door. Yes, I agree. Sure. Okay. So the last episode is a little kicking down the door. I'm sorry. We forgot. <laughs> but this episode is Maylee. Uh, Maylee. Maylee Flanagan slash Naruto. <laughs> Let's be the episode. Believe it. Are you ready yes. for this? Bang, leave it. Bang, leave it, Sasuke. <laughs> I, love, I love that. Uh, so Naruto's there. And Julie is trying to get her card out. I think we still see that like Harvey's having the conversation yeah. with Carolyn behind her, which was a fun. I like the way they did like things happening at the same time. But Julie's trying to get her card out and the alcohol comes out of her backpack that Austin put in there. And girl, I would have immediately, Julie, my girl, I would have immediately thrown him under the bus. But Julie. I would immediately been like, this was clearly this dude. <laughs> like I would have immediately thrown him Julie's under the bus. Julie's not a narc. <sighs> <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm a narc, but that I mean that's just because Julie's better than me. You know yeah. what I mean? Harvey kind of gets called over because of this scenario of obviously a teen buying alcohol, and he hangs up, and we see Carolyn getting the gun. And then we cut to all of the babies. I think that's kind of it, right? Like Lynette's just leaving to go to the grocery store. Yeah. Thing. Which I love how they don't explain until later why she was leaving. We just were like, I guess Lynette's leaving to the store yeah. now. There was no, there was no lead up to why Lynette is going to. She the just store. headed to the store. Carly Rae Jepsen. They just needed her in there for the scenes. Yeah. That she has. <laughs> yeah. So like immediately after that, we go to Edie getting a call about Austin shoplifting, uh, and then we immediately go to Ian, <laughs> helping Susan zip her bags. Um, they're talking about going to Paris and how they have to leave soon. And uh, Susan gets the call about Julie then. Mm-hmm. 
This scene was kind of cute with them. Mm-hmm. But it would be cuter if it was Mike. Yes, that's true. Like, there was, like, a nice scene, but I also was, like, bored halfway through it being, like, unless there's plot, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> get, like, get out of here, Ian. <laughs> that's me for this episode. I'm, like, I just want to talk about, like, the plot points. Like, I, I don't really care about, like, Ian being, like, we have to go to Paris now. Like, I just, I want to get to the actual shit that goes on. Yeah, we go back to the store, and we see that Lynette is talking to the new neighbor. We haven't gotten his name yet. She, like, starts to try to get acquainted with him, but then she sees Nora and is like, um, bye. She runs off. And it's a lot of, there's a lot of these little popcorn scenes. So that's Mm -hmm. all we get from Lynette right now, because then we go to the office. We go to Harvey's office, I guess the manager's office. Uh, Susan and Edie are there with Julie and Austin. Susan is yelling at Julie and, like, doesn't believe her at all. Once again, I don't understand where this distrust is, is from. Susan like Julie isn't and if your kid does one thing bad when they turn 16 like be glad you made it this far with a great kid yeah just talk to them don't just scream at them like don't that doesn't help anything (laughs) it doesn't help anything and if anything like it makes your child more closed off to you yes literally it's just it's bad it's bad parenting and I'm annoyed but can I say there was a very funny moment where I don't remember what happened, but Austin made like a crack or something and, and, and Edie hit him over the head. And I just like the two of them together in that little moment, I was like, that is such good casting. Yeah. Like, they look related. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the, the visuals of them is good. They have good chemistry. I think like those two actors, like um, I, I think the casting with, with, with the two of them is so good. Like mm-hmm. I would love more Edie Austin scenes only because I think they're fun together. Yeah, I would love that. I love my two hot blondes. God, I miss when I miss when media did chemistry tests instead of just <laughs> algorithms. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Susan kind of storms out of the office uh, and leaves. And in the very beginning of the episode, somebody says, hi, Carolyn. Uh, and we find out that that's Susan. <laughs> I th- remember when the, when the yeah, the opening was happening and we just don't see the face of that person. We just hear their voice. And for a second, I was like, that sounds like Susan. And I was right. <laughs> yeah. Because Susan does know who Carolyn is. Because like yeah. the two people who know Carolyn are Brie and Susan out yeah. of all of the women. Mm-hmm. Um I I loved this. So we get that. Um, we popcorn back to Lynette. Nora runs up to her because she followed her to the grocery store and she starts uh, berating her for uh, filing the lawsuit already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we see Carolyn. We kind of like get the shots of her like going and arguing with Harvey and like everything was just falling into place from the beginning of the episode. And we got to see everybody's stories around this one event. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what this episode did really well is like it built up everybody's plot around like what you know is like the setup. Gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like I loved that. If anyone should be afraid, it's you. You come out of there, damn it! Damn it. Everybody down. Nobody goes anywhere. And then we get 
back to where we started. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do see now, though, that when, um, what's his name? I think Harvey. Harvey, what I've yes. been writing down, and I'm worried that it's wrong. No, you are correct. It's Harvey. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Harvey runs into his office with Edie. He, like, in a panic, is like, go, go, go. And so, like, they are in his office together, which is something that we did not see previously. Yes. I, I won't lie. Like, that whole just cacophony, right? That cacophony of, like... Edie yelling at Harvey and, and Carolyn yelling at Harvey and Nora and Lynette yelling at each other and Austin and, and, and you know, like everyone kind of this, 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 this energy, mm-hmm. this rise, this build to that gunshot and then like the panic and the confusion. Like I got chills in this yeah. moment. Just the pacing of this was so good. Just the like kind of boom, 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 boom of like everyone having to realize what's going on. Like yeah. our shit doesn't matter anymore because a gunshot just happened in this building. Like, it was so good. Like I was, I got chills. I got mm-hmm. chills in that moment. That was the first of many times I got chills in this episode. Hell yeah! And then we got this bullshit. If you want me to summarize yeah. this, yeah, just summarize <laughs> just, it. Susan and Ian are in the car. She's like, I can't go because it was so funny. She left and was like, I'm going to Paris, and walks outside and it's like, Ian, I can't go. Okay, <laughs> um, whatever. Uh, so she tells him she can't go, and he just is trying to coerce her into going to Paris. And it's like, dude, she can't just drop her life and her responsibilities for your bullshit, like. Whatever. So, basically, Susan tells Ian she can't go. And that's that scene. Mm -hmm. And he's going to go anyway. And then we go back to the supermarket. There is a, um, like, a shop clerk trying (laughs) to convince Lynette and Nora, right? Yeah, I think Lynette, because Carolyn was rounding up people. Yeah, to, like, go to the back of the store. Yeah, and so, like, she could keep an eye on all of them. And they, the two of them didn't get caught. And then, yeah, he was like, I think we can make a run for it. Let's try. Yeah. And he tries and he gets shot in the back of the arm. Yep. Uh, and then the iconic line. Attention shoppers, we're having a special today on not getting shot, but it's only available at the back of the store. We go into the office. Edie is trying to convince Harvey to go out and just take one for the team. Um, which I applaud her for doing. <laughs> yeah. I love Edie. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also, I really like that in this moment, you see a lot of care for Austin and Julie. Like, I feel like sometimes they, they try to make Edie so stone cold, but she clearly cares about people a lot. Yeah. And like, I loved this moment where she was like, this is, this is ridiculous. Like, Julie's out there. Austin's out there. Like, like she, she wanted to get to the kids. Like, I don't think she, I think that. I got the impression that, like, if she could have been out there with them, she would have been. You know what I mean? Like, she was like, you know, my kids are out there. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, my, my teens. Uh, like, you got to you gotta handle this. This is your issue. Uh, and I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we quickly go to Lynette and Nora again. They have a, f- a cell phone. Lynette tries calling the house to get Tom on the phone. Porter picks up and starts just complaining about, oh, no, it's Parker, right? Oh, it's the Parker Nation. You're yeah. right. Uh, Parker is complaining about how his brothers won't share toys. And Lynette, like, Felicity Huffman does a great job in this scene. She is, like, fighting through tears to just be like, please the get, your, get your dad. Tell your brothers to let you play. Is your dad there? Uh, and the fact that, like, Porter, like, gets the answer he wants and then just runs away. 
Oh my god. Um, the tension in this scene was maddening. Yes. Because you're just like, fucking get the phone to Tom. Like, it's just like, it's such a good tension build of, oh, it's so good. And the shot of the gun hitting Lynette's cheek, because mm-hmm. obviously Carolyn has found them. Oh god, that was that that's another moment that gave me chills. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And then a very quick Susan getting out of the car, it pulling away, and an ambulance pulling up. And she realizes something is going on. Yep. And she can't get answers. So she tries going back up to the door and Carolyn locks her out. And that interaction was so good. Yes, it was. There's a crazy woman in the store, Carolyn. And Carolyn's like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) That was, that was, that was so good. Yeah. We then go to Klusky going to the Solis house. What a wild thing I never thought I'd hear. I know. Such... Yeah, such an interesting pairing. Klusky <laughs> is going to the Solis house. I assume to like tell them what's going on. Right? Yeah, I guess. Or 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 or, or she's so she goes and she like asks that they have a TV. So maybe she's just they're trying to find the biggest TV to watch. Yeah, at. does that make sense? Like like I think that I'm getting the impression that maybe because we'll see momentarily that Brie is hosting a fucking watch party for for the for the shooting news, um, and. Yeah, maybe she's just, they're trying to see how, like, if they could get a bigger house, maybe yeah. to watch in. Like, I think maybe they're just trying to figure out what house is best. But uh, clearly this one is not the house to watch at. No, because the house is wrecked. Carlos comes out with a fucking chainsaw, like, at the end of this, uh, which is from the promo. That was in the promo, yeah. Uh, and Gabby has to be like, stop, something's going on. <laughs> Yeah, that was a very... I thought that shot was very funny. Like, I thought that the chainsaw shot was very good. Yeah. Um, And then we immediately go to the Hodge household with the watch party. Ida Greenberg says lines here. Uh, Orson Greta needs a coaster. Bree, have you heard? Oh, it's just awful. Deviled egg? Oh, thank you. I told you she'd have food. I wrote that she shows up with her new girlfriend. She does. She does. Her new GF. <laughs> um, the main reason Ida is here is to get food. She's just, I thought that was very funny. This is wild. And I understand that, like, they don't realize how dire the situation is. But I was like, y'all, there's like a hostage situation at a grocery store that well, i guess they don't know their friends are there yet i don't know they don't know their friends are there it's also a small town where nothing happens so yeah. as soon as one thing goes on everybody jumps on top of it because they want to know it's also something and i don't like want to bring the mood down but it's something i thought a lot watching this episode was that like in 2006 like a shooting was a very special episode it was mm-hmm. like this event that was like and I'm not saying that shootings were, like, not as common. I-, I do think that shootings are much more common than they were then. You know what I mean? Like, we get shootings every week. I think, like, I- we don't have to get into all of the, mm. all of the everything of this last two years, especially. But, like, gun violence is, is, is just rampant all over our country. And it's wild to me that, like, in 2006, this was sort of a shocking 
oh my god like i feel like a lot of tv shows did like a shooting episode yeah glee Glee did did. one uh because like it, it was like this thing that was like this scary like kind of random rare event Mm -hmm. when it was a big deal right and it's just wild to me that like we have gotten so drowned in gun violence in our country that it's like not special anymore does that make sense well like that makes sense but i think in terms of media it is still treated as a special event that's so wild you know because i feel like I feel like when you're watching television, it's not it's not a common thing. It's more common in real life than it is in television, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. No, no, I know. <laughs> but I, I feel as if when there are episodes of TV like this, it is always an event. There's just a weird numbness I feel like I have mm-hmm. to certain because it's just it just this feels like life now. Yeah. Does it make sense? Like it. Yeah. Which is why like now it feels more disconnected when shows try to do something like that. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It, it it feels like, what are you showing me that I don't see every day now? Mm. As opposed or, to, oh my God, I can't believe that would happen. Yeah. Like, like you know? Yeah. Like, Just why are you showing me history. this? I already know that it happens. Yeah. It's just interesting how much, like, just 15 years changes in terms of, like, culture and media and, like, where gun violence has gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I have a very articulate point. I'm sorry if that made no sense, but I just I was thinking about it so much watching this episode. Like like so many TV shows had shooting episodes, mm-hmm. quote unquote. And it's like man, that that this is just ha- this happens every day now, yeah. <laughs> like all the time. Uh it's just very wild. Mm-hmm. Sorry that was a really random point to bring that up, no, but yeah, like I guess I was thinking about it the way they were all watching it. I was like it's like it's kind of like weird but also feels familiar familiar because yeah when like the big ones break through when these big catastrophic events that hurt so many people break through that is kind of what it feels like like being on twitter Mm -hmm. and like we're all on the same live video on twitter trying to figure out what's going on like it's like a weird familiarity this scene has that like feels icky to me Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yes and it's not the show it's just like that makes me sad you know Mm -hmm. oh the world's on fire how about yours um <laughs> we then go back to the market yes um carolyn gets a phone call <laughs> uh she's like on the phone for a majority of this uh yeah she's just like her friend called yeah <laughs> <laughs> um that was so funny when she's like who was oh, oh my god i forgot that was today like that like yeah. the, the shift of that was so funny it was very funny um, and then we go to Austin and Julie. Austin is saying, he's like, I'm not scared because I'm not going to die. And Julie, you're not going to die either. Like, we're not going to get hurt. And he pulls her in for, like, some comfort, which I thought was, was very sweet. sweet. I thought this was foreshadowing and I got worried. I did, too. I was like, God. <laughs> the character that says they're not going to die is absolutely the character that's going to die. Mm-hmm. But then we get Susan trying to cross police lines. Uh, she wants to try to exchange herself uh, for Julie. Excuse me, my name is Susan Meyer. Ma'am, this is a restricted area. I would like to trade places with one of the people inside. Don't, don't you do that? Oh, you mean our hostage exchange program. Okay, you don't have to be nasty. My daughter is inside there. Ma'am, we're doing everything we can to get her out safely. Now please step back. Where's that coming from? This 
This is Susan Meyer. Again. First of all, I'm sorry for the crazy lady remark. Second, I have a proposition for you. Find her now. Let Julie go and take me instead. was very weird to me because like all of these cops are like where's that coming from and they're looking all around but like she's just behind a truck (laughs) and like her voice is being amplified yeah follow the sound yeah follow the sound of her voice they're in a quarry so it's just like echoing (laughs) they don't know where it's coming from you know you know when your your supermarket is in a rock quarry (laughs) yeah (laughs) look i'm no i'm no television editor uh, but this scene would have been cut if I was in charge of this episode. Yeah, same here. Because we didn't need comedy queen shenanigans in the middle of the shooting episode. Mackenzie, can I be bold and brave with you? Be bold and brave if always. If I was in charge of editing this episode, a lot of it would have got cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just feel like I would have much preferred just being in the supermarket, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And then if I bra- if we break away at all, it's for those scenes of the Bree of Bree's house, when yeah. Like when when they're getting information, like the Gabby Carlos subplot, I would have saved for next episode. The Susan shit, I would have saved. Like I wouldn't have done. Like, yeah, there's like I, I would have rather. I wish there was a little bit more focus on the super. Yeah, I, that's what's exciting. That's the fun shit in the episode. You just need an episode sometimes to be all meat. You know, yes. No, no, like filler. I just it, it's okay to just have like all meat. It's okay. I'm not going to spoil for you. I'm not going to spoil. I'm not going to spoil for our audience. I will say I think season four's disaster episode is 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 all meat. Oh, okay. Prime rib steak. I'm telling you. Hell yeah. I'm excited. Um, we then, after that, go back to the Hodge uh, household. There's a phone call. Andrew picks it up. Uh, and it's Edie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Edie called Brie because she's in the market. I, I loved, it was just like exposition just to get like the information across the board so like people at the house could now know. And I think that, I think that the, um, the news mentions Carolyn's name. Mm-hmm. So I think this is also when they find out that Carolyn's the shooter because Brie reacts to that. Oh yeah. Brie like has a reaction to the fact that Carolyn's the shooter. And then they find out that Julie and Lynette are in the store. And then this super sad moment happens. Tom bursts in with all the babies and is like, hey, everyone, how's it going? Lynette's taking her sweet time at the store. Yeah. Sorry, I'm late. What's going on? I thought this was such a good moment. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I, you could feel the air sucked out of the room. Oh, yeah. Well, this, when everyone knows and he doesn't. It, it's kind of like how you talked earlier, um, the way the air is sucked out of the room when the gunshot happens. Um. It, it's just a yeah. lot of those moments. And, like, it, of course, like, this is not as intense as that initial moment. But this whole episode is just building tension only for it to not be released. Because, like, a, a huge thing with with comedy, and I know this episode is not a com- comedic episode. But, like, yeah. in comedy, there is a whole form of joke telling that is tension and release. Like, you get the audience to just tense up and then you get a bigger laugh out of it. And this episode is just 
is just tension. <laughs> yeah. Because there's not really any comedic elements at this point. I'm not mad about it. No, I think it's so I. good. There's like these little things with Carolyn, but in general, it is it's the meat, it's the tension. I mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. And then we are still at the household. Uh we find out it's been three hours. Yeah. And uh Brie is really obsessively cooking. Mm-hmm. And she's upset because she's running out of food. She can't go to the store. She's freaking out. Orson then is like, this is not your fault. I think he read that very well. Yes. I think he read that situation perfectly, mm-hmm. that she's clearly blaming herself. And it's really sad because she's like, if anything happens to the people I love in there, I'm never going to forgive myself. Which totally makes sense. Yeah, which... Again, like, it comes back into play with that opening monologue of, like, this is the last time I – when was the last time I I saw my friends? Like, when was the last time I interacted with Lynette? And, like, what if something happens to her? What was the last interaction I had with her? And also, like, like I said earlier, the last interaction I had with Carolyn prompted her to do this. Yeah. Um. Good. It's just good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Um, and then we go back to the supermarket. Carolyn's having a little snacky of cookies and wine. Uh, Mood. It, this was the point where I was like, depending on how many bullets you have, you might be able to just shoot out the lock, Carolyn, and just get in there. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. She's kind of monologuing. She She kind of does that throughout the episode where she just kind of monologues at the hostages about her how sad she is and what's happened to her marriage and um i think we could talk about it more later because i agree with lynette of like yeah everybody's fucking sad but not everybody's doing this Mm. you know what i mean like you're not getting sympathy from these people you know what i mean carolyn i just want you to realize this um harvey we see is on the phone with the cops trying to give him advice on how to deal with it and they're like just apologize and try to get her to release everyone but you Mm -hmm. and so he goes on to the intercom to talk to carolyn and Edie, I love you, Queen, but this was dumb. Carolyn. Harvey. Now, it's me. Harvey. I'm really sorry. What I did was wrong. But I still love you a lot. Oh, crap. I had my hair done this morning. Did you notice? Huh? Even notice? Oh, I was distracted. You were shooting at me. Tell her let the kids go. What the hell was that? You got a woman in there? She's a customer. Don't lie to me, Harvey. She's another one of your whores, isn't she? Oh, fantastic. Carolyn, I swear. Shut up. I hope you're having a good time in there, whore. Because I got a bullet for you, too. Carolyn hears Edie's voice and gets angry all over again, Mm -hmm. which I honestly thought was a great like like ramp up oh yeah because we were losing steam a bit but now carolyn's pissed again mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it was a good it was a very smart move uh though i was like edie come on but it was a good i think it was a good way to get um carolyn's anger higher which we needed i think to build to the end of the episode yes i so agree it really worked for me but i was also like edie no uh we then cut to gabby and this was a very the first word that came to my mind was trippy for me because mm, okay gabby just starts talking about how she kind of understands carolyn because um she can really see herself being 
her because yeah. of like she's felt so much rage and anger and just like pain in the last six months that she doesn't really know who she is anymore and she doesn't like know what she's capable of so like who's to say like that could be her and i just thought that was like interesting at least yeah no i didn't i didn't super I, like get the comparisons no. to, to carolyn but i liked the line when she was like this divorce has turned me into this bitter hateful person and i don't like her Maybe. for what it's worth i don't like who it's turned you into either like that I loved. I loved that. I didn't think we really needed her to compare herself to Carolyn to get to that yeah. point. But I loved that and I love how she was like you also are different. Like I don't like these people that we are anymore. Like I I did like that because it feels like it's made so much of this storyline make sense for me. Mm-hmm. That like she even notices that she is not who she once was. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like maybe this is the beginning of both of them truly realizing we should move on because we do know that they both are still in love with each other even if it's just a little bit maybe this conversation is the first like step like first step into moving on (laughs) yeah no i i loved that i really i liked that like i didn't like what it was couched in but i liked the point of the scene Mm -hmm. i guess um i didn't like love carlos's acting though because he kind of was sarcastic about it I think it was mostly just the actor. I was like, what are you doing? Because he was just like, let's not be those people then. Like, it, like, he didn't take it seriously. I was like, dude, she's opening up to you. Whatever. I'm just in my hating Carlos hours, I guess. Um, and then we go to Tom and Susan. Great scene. A great scene. Uh, Tom kind of comes up to Susan making a joke, being like, she teaches Sunday school. Sunday, Sunday school teachers don't do- kill anyone. Um, this scene was really just tom trying to put susan at ease like not trying to not show that he is also deeply scared yeah because at the end of the scene when he's like done uh easing her mind a little bit we see his face and his face is like dread (laughs) it's just full of dread well because he's blaming himself yeah she went to the store to get something for him hamburgers and i think yeah, and she was going to go tomorrow. And, like, had she gone tomorrow, she wouldn't be in this situation. I think he feels a lot of guilt. And I don't even think he knows Nora's in there. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he knows that. No. And so it's like, that's not even on his mind that, like, the mother of his other child is also in there. Like, it's just, I, I think that, he, you know, it, it's, it, it is interesting. I mean, like, I guess, so I guess I see why they gave us this Mary Alice scene in this episode in particular, even though I think it maybe could have been brought up earlier. But, like, yeah, it's it's that idea, as you keep saying, about, like, what do we what do we leave the people we love on yeah like what's the last thing we say to them before they go uh, and like yeah that and he would also be blaming himself if something happens to lynette mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah and i wonder if he's gonna blame himself for what happens to nora <gasps> like i wonder if he's gonna blame himself for all of what this, happens you know what to I mean? nora <laughs> i don't know we gotta keep watching to find out um yeah and that's what it, i've said it a million times this episode but that's what i think makes this a truly great episode of tv is it just it's just all interconnected and it's relatable yeah like every i think a lot of people can relate to that feeling like 
like that feeling of yeah like losing someone and then like you you just think about what was the last thing you said to them Mm -hmm. like like i think that that is such a i think it's like used a lot in media so some people can say it's overdone but it's used a lot for a reason because it's that's what people's brains go to Mm -hmm. you know what i mean god it's just it's it's good it's relatable and it's like so deeply human and sad and very good and i think that when this show leans into that that like let's just unpack these very basic things about being human like it's just it's good it's good when they let their characters explore these really realistic themes mm-hmm. Ugh, this team this episode is so fucking it's good it's really dude. good and then we go to Nora and Lynette they they are arguing oh, um, I'm gonna cry thinking about this episode I really like they're fighting about the children. They're getting loud. Carolyn says, shut up. Nora keeps uh, talking, saying, she's trying to steal my child away from me. We had, we're sharing custody and then she tried to seduce my husband, so. She put the moves on your husband? Why didn't you say so? just heard a shot fired inside the building. A shot has been fired. I believe the phrase you're looking for is thank you. I gasped. I think I I I know it's coming, but every time I watch this, I I jump out of my seat in this moment. It's like so shocking. And th- this this moment to like the next five minutes, I was crying. Yeah, it's Nora's death. Like this whole next five minutes is just Nora's death. And I and we'll talk about it in a second. But like when we get back to her, but like I did not think I would cry as much as I did when this happened. Mm. It was so moving and sad, and that actress did such a good job. Yeah. Um, but we have a little bit of other things quickly before we cut back to her because we see that the gunshot was heard outside so chaos is ensuing outside shock is all around everyone immediately you know tom susan everyone's immediately like oh my god who got shot it's just this this scary moment of like everyone realizing like something has happened and the limo shows up ian races out and is gets by susan's side which i liked Mm mm-hmm and this is where we get Susan weeping because she says the last thing she said to Julie was that she was disappointed in her. And she's so scared that Julie is the one who got shot. Mm-hmm. And this also gave me chills. It was just, it's just this whole five minute sequence is just some of the best television I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. It's so good. We go to the Hodge household. Someone's been shot. Not at the household. Uh, <laughs> Bree is shooting people. Now. She's got a shotgun out. With, um, yeah. The babies all kind of come down the stairs and are like, when's mommy coming back from the store? And Brie has to kind of shoo them upstairs with the promise of cookies. Because I think that we hear on the news that the person who was shot was a woman, right? A middle-aged woman. And so everyone thinks it's Mm -hmm. Lynette. Oh, it's so fucking good. Speaking of Lynette, we will... um, well, let's go. Let's go get traumatized together. I can't believe I'm going to cry again. I'm crying uh, right here on this phone call with it's, you. It's so good and so yeah. sad. This scene is 
essentially like Nora just dying in Lynette's arm. Okay, I gotta keep the pressure up to stop the bleeding. Good news is you need that lawyer now. You are gonna get through this just fine. There is a parking lot full of ambulances out there. You gotta let us take her out of here. No one's leaving. About Kayla. Oh, forget it, forget it. We'll work that out later. No, I don't have, have later, you stupid bitch. Okay, so listen. Okay, I'm listening. Kayla was the only good thing that I've ever done in my whole life. I need you to really take really good care of her. Okay. I don't have all day, come on. Yeah, yes, I will, I will, I will. I will love her like she is my own. I will, Nora, Nora. Felicity Huffman's acting. Felicity Huffman's acting, getting blood all like all over her. Just just the way that like the blood was staining her hands, and then like we can talk more about Nora's death, but like Mm -hmm. after she dies, her standing up and just wiping some of the blood onto her face by accident by like wiping some tears Mm -hmm. away. It's so good. Insane. It's so good. And just, like, the fact that this didn't win an Emmy, <laughs> I'm just so mad. You didn't like this really uh, epic comedy moment? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, like, I I sent you a picture. I put it in our Discord, in our spoilery discussion. I'll, but I'll put it again. Like, I, I, like, was, like, hit so hard. I was like, this is so sad. And I think it's... I understand that Nora probably had to die because they didn't know how else to end the storyline and they didn't want to lose a main character. I don't think that the show is ready to do that yet. Mm-hmm. Like the show is not ready to no, risk. I, I've talked to you about this off yeah. mic, but I think because like I, I'm I firmly believe we are working with soap opera rules. So if they are going to kill a main character it's got to be for something it's got to be it's got to be to like really shake things up which is why i i always joke about susan and mike getting married having a kid and then mike dies because you are leading up to this epic romance with susan and mike like they are meant to be they are soulmates and the only way you would be able to kill one of them is if they finally had a life together. They were finally happy and had really like nowhere, quote, like nowhere else to go. Nowhere else Because to go. they're finally yeah. happy. With Grey's Anatomy yeah. too. Yeah. Like- and it's happened in like Jane the Virgin and, and it's happened in multiple soap operas. Um, but yeah, this show is not ready to kill a major player yet. It's not. And so it's just interesting to me that like Nora kind of had to be the one to die if they were going to do mm-hmm. this, right? Just because of the fact that she's lowest on the totem pole in terms of the characters. But and- I think it is interesting to me and 
I think there's kudos to be given to the show, but also this actress that a character that I think is a predominantly hated character, a predominantly like people don't like Nora. I know that we've been pretty, we've tried to give her a little bit of grace because I, I try as much as I can to be objective mm-hmm. with things. I mean, I was saying our opinions on a podcast, but like I try to take the characters as they are and I try to see the other side of them in the show. Um, even if it's not initially what I thought about these characters, like obviously on my first watch, I hated Nora. This time I was like, I want to see her differently. Um, I understand that she's annoying and I think it's interesting that like a character that is so predominantly hated can still induce this emotional reaction in Mm -hmm. me. I was like, I didn't think I would give that many shits about her dying and I was like, oh, I give so many shits. Like this is moving me and I I think it's just like, I think it's just, it's because that the show is good but also I think this actress just did an amazing job and I was like, I, I like you made me care about this character. In her last moments, I didn't want her to go because I don't think anyone deserves this. Yeah, sure, you're annoying, but like you don't deserve to die. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, it was just, it's beautiful. It's so sad. And I, are we going to do, I, people have been asking if we're going to do a memoriam for I would like Nora. to, yeah, if that's all right. Let's do a memoriam. So yeah, we'll do a memoriam for Nora. From this death, Lynette is fed up. What the fuck is up, Carolyn? What the fuck <laughs> is up? Step the fuck up. <laughs> Um, Lynette starts going off on her. Oh, don't look at me that way. You know you wanted her dead. How can you say that? Well, you told me about her and your husband after I made it pretty clear where I stand on whores. I did not want this. Don't you dare say that I wanted this. Shut up! No, I will not shut up! What's the matter with you? Have you not been paying attention? My husband cheated on me! Who cares? Who cares? We all have pain. Everyone in here has pain, but we deal with it. We swallow it and get going with our lives. What we don't do is go around shooting strangers. She deserved it. Well, maybe you deserve to be cheated on. And she's right and she should yes. say it. Uh, Carolyn is gearing up to shoot Lynette when a new man, new neighbor man, uh, throws a can at Carolyn and it makes her miss. Uh, and instead of getting hit in the chest, Lynette gets hit in the shoulder. Austin uh, runs at Carolyn and starts wrestling her to the ground. Um, and there is a woman in this episode that we did not talk about earlier. She has one line with Carolyn. There is a woman whose uh, child is in Carolyn's Sunday school who is here. Uh, Mm -hmm. we hear a gunshot because that woman shoots Carolyn in the head. I appreciate this woman being the choice to kill Carolyn because Mm. I think everybody has been through so much trauma already to try to add the trauma of killing a person on top of that would be too much. Like Julie and Austin, these teenagers just watched a woman die. Lynette just held. He was on top of her. She she could have easily hit Austin Mm -hmm. with that gun, with that bullet. Mm -hmm. Like he could have just gotten shot. Yeah. And so like, I think it was nice to have one thing taken off of these people because I highly doubt we'll see this woman ever again. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, because we're already going to have to deal with episodes of Lynette having PTSD, probably. Oh, absolutely. I would like to see I think everyone in this grocery store is going to have PTSD. I would like to absolutely. see 
how everybody deals with it. I don't think we're going to. I think we'll definitely get like a little bit of Austin stuff. But like, I don't think we'll see. I hope see- so. I hope that deepens his character. I but- don't think we'll see how it affected Edie. Uh, I don't think we'll <sighs> see sucks. how it super affected Julie. I think Julie's going to tie into Austin's trauma a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, They're going to trauma bond and fall in yeah. love. <laughs> Carolyn is dead. Oh, shit. Do we have to do a memoriam for Carolyn, uh, too? Julie? Rest in peace, Laurie Metcalf. <laughs> do you want to do a little song? Laurie Metcalf, the actor. <laughs> is this how you tell me that Laurie Metcalf died? Don't go on Google. Don't go on Google. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh God. Um, um, do you want to do a little song for Carolyn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your favorite Carolyn moment? And then I'll do a song based My on My favorite Carolyn moment was... God, honestly, like the fr- I I love when she showed up in the rain at Bree's engagement party, looking like the the old witch in the beginning of Beauty and the Beast to be like this man you're with is evil. Like I loved her first appearances, uh, and also of course her iconic line in this episode. Mm-hmm. Carolyn Bigsby, Carolyn Bigsby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She is now dead. Who um who's the murder she wrote, woman? Angela Lansbury. I want the Angela Lansbury version of that song. Can oh. we contact her? Yeah, Angela Lansbury, can you can you record that please? Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Potts? Mrs. Potts, my icon, my queen. <laughs> um rest in peace, Carolyn. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna give some love to Nora next episode. Or yeah. hey, I'm I'm assuming we will get at least five hundreds when she died, uh being people's favorite but moments with Nora. We're also gonna give love to Nora, okay? Yeah, well, she deserves some the- love when she's gone. <laughs> you all can bring the hate. We will bring the love. We will balance <laughs> we will balance it out. We'll we'll keep the balance of the earth uh in, in um, tow. But we then get some happy reunions we get susan and julie being reunited we get people cheering at home carlos and gabby embrace for some reason uh, and everybody trickles out of the store Lynette- it was a beautiful sequence in terms of like like all the mm-hmm. sound drowning out and the music swelling and like yeah. it being kind of slow motion it was really beautifully shot as well yeah uh Lynette is coming out of the grocery store in a stretcher covered in blood, most of it not her own. Yeah. Uh, And then we quickly go to the hospital. Lynette Scavo had a dream that night. It was one she'd had many times before. Predict. 
Isn't there anything I can do? Yes. Yes. You can enjoy this beautiful day. We get so few of them. thought that was such a great way to end the episode because mm-hmm. of course like the the pre-opening credits is that big setup of you know the stick up right yeah. but i feel like the true beginning of the episode is lynette having that dream and to just open with it and to end with it but having more closure i i thought that was really great yeah, and really just like a- another way that the show just can come full circle, That's and it makes so me good. wonder if like, I mean, this probably won't happen because I I feel like this interaction with Dream Mary Alice and just being like you have to just enjoy the days as they come and you cannot worry about you can't worry about the last time this happened. You know, the last time I spoke to this person, because I think when I originally ended this episode, I was like, oh, do you think she'll have dreams of Nora now? But I Mm. I don't think she will. I think if anything, she would have dreams of the event, but I don't think she will have dreams of like, I could have done more. Yeah. Because I, I think this conversation with Mary Alice really closes that for her. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I so cried. Good. I definitely cried at the end of at the end of this. I was like, oh, that's so sad and beautiful. <laughs> and yeah. um this was an amazing episode of television. It was great. I think so far it was my favorite of the season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the hands down. I mean, it's just it's it's bang. It's like iconic for a reason because yeah. it is it is just it is that good. It's so good. Like there's little issues with it, but like that's being nitpicky. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a great episode of television and i am so glad we watched it so am i i'm so glad you all joined us for this conversation and thank you for listening to wisteria gaze thank you so much if you want to connect with us you can find us on twitter or instagram at wisteria gaze on twitter and at wisteria gaze underscore on instagram one day i will get the pure wisteria gaze handle and that will be the day i conquer the world uh, you can also find us on our website wisteriagaze.com and on our website we have some great things like a merch page we have a link to our discord channel where we all hang out and talk about episodes there's a spoilery mm-hmm. series discussion that i'm not allowed in uh and we also have a link to our patreon our patreon is great it's pay what you can with a minimum of i think two dollars yes um so yeah it's great and you should subscribe because not only is it super cheap but it helps support us it helps support mm-hmm. the show and you get some really great benefits like ad free episodes episode show now show notes show notes um and shout outs um yeah. so we want to take the next minute to just shout out our patrons so thank you to aj annie cheryl elise helena 
Liv, Lydia, Nadia, Sarah, Tom, and TK. Thank you so much for being our patrons. You're the juiciest of all time. Truly, I love truly. you. We love I'm in you love so with you. much. Oh. Yeah, I said <laughs> it. You want to know what I love? Tell me. I love reviews. Whew. They're great. Yeah. Uh, they make our day. They help people find the show, believe it or not. And at the end of the, every episode, we like posing a question just to get those rejuve. Rejuices? Rejuices. The rejuices. rejuices flowing. Uh, they're never mandatory. They're just for fun, mostly for us to answer. And I think <laughs> the question at the end of this episode should be, how are you feeling? <laughs> are you doing okay? Are you okay? <laughs> well, that's not how your week's going. Yeah. How's your week going? Mine? Yeah. It's going good, you know? Um, it's getting started. Uh, you know, just really happy to be here with my with my bestie talking about Desperate Housewives. And um could be worse, you yeah. know? I got some. I got. I got a lot of things to be happy for. For that, I am grateful. Yeah. How's hell your week? Yeah. My week's great. I got to see Lake Michigan. Oh uh, hell yeah! Beautiful lake. Sometimes I remember when I worked uh, on uh, boats, tourists would come up and say, "Is that an ocean?" And I'd say, "No, it's a lake." And they go, "No, it's an ocean. Lakes aren't that big." Anyway. Uh, so when you leave us a review, tell us how you're doing. <laughs> yeah, let us know how your week's going. Uh, and if you want to find me on any form of social media, Ned, uh, I, you can find me at Ned Jorts. You can find me, Mackenzie, at Mackenzie Wilkes. Other than that, Mackenzie, mm-hmm. I love you. I love you. Everyone else, stay juicy. Stay juicy. Stay juicy.